The Jen Charlton Show on 930 WFMD and WFMD.com. Telling it like it is with your host, Jen Charlton. Good morning, everyone. It's so great to have you with me today. And this is a, an interesting show because we have an opportunity once a year. And frankly, I always think it should be every day. But on one day every year, June 14th, we celebrate our flag. And it's called Flag Day. And it's kind of funny to me. It's sort of like, well, isn't every day Mother's Day? You should celebrate Mother's every day, just like you should celebrate the flag every day. But it's an opportunity for us to demonstrate as one voice across the nation our love and appreciation for our flag. So on June 14th every year, the president typically declares or proclaims June 14th as Flag Day, and every government building is supposed to fly the flag. Now, they fly it all the time, but in particular, it's an opportunity to show extra reverence to the flag. As it says here, many Americans celebrate Flag Day by displaying the red, white, and blue in front of homes and businesses. The day commemorates the adoption of the Stars and Stripes as the official flag of the United States. So it's important to remember that this is symbolic because it shows unity, something we could all use a little more of right now, unification of groups of people who became one entity called the United States of America, over a period of time, we added a few more and we added a few more. But we, as we look at it where we are today in 2023, we're a nation of many different personalities, cultural influences, historical perspectives, as well as communities of uh, different ethnic backgrounds or even um regionally, if you take the comparison between the Northeast and, let's say, the South or the Southwest, different cultures, different influences, different histories that make us who we are. And we embrace that as one. And that flag really symbolizes the coming together of something. So it's actually very cool if you think about it. And this is an opportunity for us to talk a little bit about that. And frankly, some of the things that have been controversial over the years, and recently there's been an issue with flags being flown in the schools, inconsistent with having a unified you know, stars and stripes flag, they may be introducing other things that have personalities or interests, special interest groups, you could say, that are bringing these flags to bear in these schools. So there's been some controversy about that. My next guest is somebody who's gone to battle to talk about this and I think refocus us on what is important. When we come back from the break, I'm going to have with me Carrie Gillespie from Anne Arundel County, who has presented to the Anne Arundel County public school system her ideas and is standing for making some substantial changes to ensure that we stay, I think, focused on what the point of uh, having our flags flown in public spaces that represent, again, the entire country, not individuals or 
um, personalities or cultural influences because that then starts to divide us, doesn't it? I think that's the point. If you're listening to the Jen Charlton Show on WFMD, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Jen, and I have with me today Carrie Gillespie, who's a mom, lives in Anne Arundel County, and has been in the foreground of fighting for something that I think is symbolic of a greater issue, frankly. But when you think about the flag as a form of unifying, then any other flags introduced would be to divide us, to separate us, to segment us into different populations. And that's not the point. A national flag is for all of us to embrace, not burn at the street corner, although you do have that right as a freedom of speech. I think it's horrific and I think it ought to be illegal, but it's not because we are a free nation. The point is honor the flag and all that it represents. I mean, if you think about the people even in military who have served us under that flag, that means something. That's why they fold it carefully. You don't throw it away. You don't drop it on the ground. There are things you do to protect that flag because it represents something greater than you or me or all of us combined. It represents our nation and all that we are. So I think we've really lost sight of that. And it's actually very inspiring to me to do this show and get present to all of that. So good morning, Carrie, and welcome to the Jen Charlton Show. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Tell me a little bit about why this became important to you. So a lot of what you said actually is um, why this is important to me. First of all, I am a mom. Um, I have four children. I'm also the daughter of a veteran. I was raised to love my country and, and, and do. And I appreciate all of those who came before us to embody the freedoms that are um, outlined for us and are represented within that flag. You know, there have been a lot of things that um, as a parent, I have had to kind of go to battle with my school board over, especially within the last two years. But this is one of those issues that I think is vital for my children and all children. Um, Our kids are bombarded daily by messages around them that divide them. And having an American flag presented in their classroom is something that unites all of them, no matter who they are, no matter what the political beliefs of their parents are, that flag unites them all. And I think that's important to have within classrooms. So is that what you're fighting for right now? Is it really that you have to fight to have our American flag displayed? That seems absurd to me. So the main policy I'm here to talk to you about isn't necessarily that, although that does play into this. So current Maryland state law requires that schools distribute flags for all classrooms to um, within all school districts. The law does not require the flag to be displayed within the classroom. Um, We do have a separate policy that I believe will pass that will ensure that every single classroom in our school district in Anne Arundel County receives a flag and presents it within the classroom, an American flag. The policy that I'm here to speak about actually will only allow for the American, Maryland, or county flags, or flags for a bona fide educational purpose to be displayed within classrooms. The intention behind this is that those other messages divide children, as we just said, and 
Um, you know, I actually spoke at the Board of Education meeting last night, again, regarding this policy. If you have a child who goes into a classroom and is coming from a family where some other flags that are presented and um, proudly hung within those classrooms are not necessarily ones that their family believes in, whether it be from a religious um, background, a spiritual background, a moral or ethical background, those students are walking into classrooms where they know they do not have the freedom of speech to actually have discussions um, within our educational walls that they should be able to have. And they know right away that they are silenced walking into those classrooms. And that's why I feel like this policy is important. Our schools should be areas where children can have diversity of thought, no matter who they are, no matter what their background, and they should be able to have those discussions and they should not be one-sided, which some of the flags that, that we are trying to get out of the classrooms are completely one-sided. All right, so tell us a little bit about those flags. What types of flags are they trying to fly that are not consistent with what you are standing for in terms of state, federal, or local? So um, the first meeting that we had with the reading on this policy was our May 24th meeting. There were nine speakers who spoke. Um, several of them were educators. Some were parents. Um, I believe the NAACP also spoke. They spoke about the importance of having uh, the LGBTQ and trans flags within classrooms displayed and Black Lives Matter flags uh, displayed within classrooms. Um, one fifth grade teacher actually said that displaying these and other flags literally opens doors for our students to initiate conversations when they are ready with educators that they can trust. And as a parent, I can tell you that this is um, exactly what we do not want to happen. We want our children to go to school to be educated on the core basics. We don't want flags in fifth grade elementary school classrooms for 10-year-olds that initiate conversations with teachers behind closed doors and away from parents about sexuality. Wow. So, first of all, thank you for picking up this banner and fighting for our kids and parents across the board who may not have the clarity of purpose or time or inclination to to do this or frankly awareness i think a lot of people are not aware of what's been going on now you said something to me i want to kind of get my head around this so the lgbtqrst and i'm i'm not a believer that we should do all that. I think that we're people and we should be unified, not segmented. And I'm going to keep standing for that. When you get into personality interests and subgroups, trying to fit in in a very difficult time in the kids' lives where there's a lot of self-esteem issues, there's a lot of vulnerability, there's a lot of outside influences that can be detrimental to kids. We have the right to be the barrier or the protection mechanism, but when they're out of our control and they're in school, we are relinquishing that control and that for that time, we're entrusting that to the school system, but it should still be consistent with our values. In other words, I don't believe that they have the right to start making things up and deciding. Our kids belong to us, not to the school system, which is a very distinctive mindset. When you look at socialism and communism, the kids belong to the state. They don't belong to the parents. 
That's why China could say, well, you have to kill little girls or eliminate them because they weren't useful. There was a period of time where they were casting off the little girls. That happened. A friend of mine adopted several of them from China. These children didn't belong to those parents. They belonged to the state, and the state had a say in how things go. So I digress, but the point is when the educational system overreaches and oversteps its bounds and decides we know better than you and we're going to fly whatever flag we want to influence these kids in the ways of the world that may or may not be what you think is appropriate, they've gone way out of their lane. Am I wrong about that? No, I agree. I think it is um, something that I have noticed, my fellow parents have noticed, that there is a war against parental rights underway in this country. Um, you spoke about communist regime, regimes, but our own government from everybody from the Secretary of Education to President Joe Biden, uh, the teachers unions, including Randy Weingarten, have recently used terminology stating that these children are their children, that Joe Biden said that when the children are in classrooms, that they do not belong to the parents, that they are their children. When I had my C-section, he wasn't standing next to me. So I agree. He's got a lot of nerve. But anyway. I agree. Jen, one of the things I'd like to come back to is several of the arguments that uh, we have heard between the Board of Education members as well as the vocal group that has been protesting this policy is that they need to have these uh, flags, specifically as they state LGBTQ and BLM flags in classrooms in order to be inclusionary of all and to show all that they are supported. And to me, that's just an outright falsehood. You know, I've heard from parents who have have husbands who are police officers and they say, well, when my child goes into a classroom and there's a BLM flag and not a Blue Lives or All Lives Matter flag, they don't feel represented. Christian-based flags or the Gadsden flag are not equally allowed or represented. The only flags that they seem to be fighting for are the LGBTQ and BLM flags. So they what are they're introducing is politics in the classroom and shame on them for doing so because that's not appropriate. And they claim that it's not. They claim that that is inclusionary of all, but I say it's actually exclusionary. They claim by hanging these flags, they are creating safe spaces. And I say they are unsafe spaces for the majority because when my child walks into a classroom that displays those flags, they know that they are not allowed to have their opinions heard in that classroom. Absolutely. I'm so glad you mentioned that. All right, everybody. We are in communism. These are the early stages of communism. And that may not be a comfortable point of view for a lot of people who are listening today. May not even be comfortable for you, Carrie. But we never stopped at the station called socialism. We passed right through to communism, and these are the early stages of communism. And that exact tone and mentality and languaging called, these are our children. No, they're not. Back off and hands off. So we as parents have to fight and reset the government in their place because they're clearly not going to do it. So I applaud you and the parents. Tell us what's going on now. What's the next steps and how can people help you in your efforts? 
We would love for anybody to write in to support the Anne Arundel County proposed flag policy. It's called IS, like in Sam, IS, Display of Flags. Um, please show your support by writing in. You can email in by June 24th. The email is policy comments with an S at the end, policy comments at aacps.org. You can also show up. The uh, next meeting regarding this policy will be on June 26th at 6.30, and then the vote will be held on July 12th at 12 o'clock noon. Um, I encourage everybody to show up and participate in your school board meetings. Um, no matter what county you're in, we'd love to have your support here in Anne Arundel County. Um, but also, you know, back to your point on communism, the reason why I'm in this fight and the reason why this policy is important to me is because I will always embody the ideals upheld within the red, white, and blue. I'm doing that for my children, for all children, and it is time for every parent to, to stand up. There's no more excuses. You can't sit back and say, I'm too busy. I'm afraid of, of them coming after me because they have come after me. They did last night. My own school board member tried to deny my freedom of speech at my board of education meeting and shut me down during the meeting. So they will come after um, those of you who are most vocal, but this is the time. There is no time because tomorrow that time is going to be passed where you actually have a voice and we need to stand up. We need to make our voices in a opinions heard. It is important. Every generation should leave for the next generation our country even better than what we had it. And unfortunately, we are not doing that for our children now. Now is the time. We won't have tomorrow if we don't step up now. Very well said. And I want to say it's so important. We are working across jurisdictional lines. We are one nation under God. We are one state within that one nation under God. And we are a county or a city or a municipality or a community neighborhood within a state in a, in a nation under God. So we are all one. And I don't believe that we should be working county by county. We have to come out and support what's going on in Anne Arundel County because the breakthroughs that you cause – will affect other counties. You set precedents, you you establish new ground rules, you set new expectations. It's so important. So if you're listening anywhere across the country even, this is a fight we all need to raise up from the groundswell across the nation to inspire one another and hold these boards of eds to account. It is time for them, frankly, to lose their jobs. I'm a believer, and I'll finish with this, that the educational system has gotten so out of control, the power structure is so vast that the federal government has taken control of it when they aren't even written into the Constitution. They do not have that authority by our constitution. So technically, none of it should exist. Education should occur at the local level. Now, do I think that there's some value in sharing resources and knowledge and information to impart in our kids in a way that raises the quality of our education? Absolutely. But that hasn't happened because our educational system stinks compared to a lot of other countries. So we can't even make that argument. 
So the federal educational system is severely broken and it does not have the right nor jurisdiction over we the people and our children and they don't own us and they sure as hell don't own our kids all right everybody you've been listening to the jen charlton show i'd like to thank carrie gillespie for being here today god bless you in your work thank you i know you're going to do a phenomenal job we'd love to hear back from you as to how it's going and continued support that we can provide to ensure that this train spreads across the state and across the nation. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for your support, Jen. My pleasure. It is great to have you with us. And this is an important show because this is a time like no other in our nation. And we talked in the first half about unifying and unifying under a symbol called our flag. But when our agencies in government have exceeded their authority and they've gone rogue against the democratic republic in favor of their own power and authority over us, we have now transcended to a place that is not how we were designed. And it is certainly not the United States of America anymore as we were constructed. And I'm very concerned about what has just happened this week. And I felt it important to bring up what's gone on with the indictment of our dear President Donald J. Trump and the absurdity that over some papers that, by the way, his predecessors all have papers, he would be charged with espionage and indicted. Indicted does not mean guilty and it does not mean convicted. So we need to remember that. So they're using the Department of Justice to go after their political opponents, not just Donald Trump, because he represents a whole line of politicians. So if they hurt him, they hurt the rest in their mind. And this is a way to play a political ball game. And the problem is it's at our expense. So I reached out to the only person I knew to have this conversation with, and that's Liz Harrington, the campaign spokesperson for President Donald J. Trump. And I'm so honored to have Liz back with us to talk at this very sad time. I mean, I truly am sad. So good morning, Liz, and thank you for being with us. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for having me. The emotions are intense. It's I have tears in my eyes. I'm sad. I'm I'm so disappointed in our government. I don't even know how we recover at this point because their intention is to make it so he cannot run. Exactly. It's total election interference. And what does that really mean? That means interfering in our constitutional way we choose our leaders. That's what this is about. So it's It's not even just an attack on President Trump, which, of course, it is, which he suffered through for seven years now. But it really is an attack on the people. It is attack on the entire system. They're saying that unelected rogue. I don't even think it's necessarily rogue, but unelected power mad people, bad actors, corrupt actors get to decide. (laughs) <laughs> who who leads this country. The people are irrelevant in their view. And that's what this is really about. And that's why it's so dangerous. Uh, 
it is so sad that the fact that it's ever could even happen in the United States of America is sad. It is waking up so many people, though, Jen. And I think that's what we really need to focus on. And like you're talking about on the show today, I mean, they are trying to, you know, split us up and pretend that President Trump is so divisive. But honestly, this is a real opportunity for us to unite, to take back our country for all people for the rule of law. This is not the rule of law. This is a sick, twisted perversion of a third world country tactics. That's what this is. Uh, but to preserve our nation, we can unify. And I think that is what is ultimately going to happen. I think people are seeing this abuse of power, this corruption, and they're saying, we're not going to have a country left. And it will come for every single American, this abuse of power. And it already has come to a lot of Americans over the past several years and really, quite frankly, decades. This, this corrupt system has been going on for a very long time. But President Trump has exposed it, and he's the only real threat to it. So that's why they're going to these extraordinary measures, total, totally lawless, to take him out because he is a vessel for the people. He is a voice for the people and he will always deliver for the people. And that's a threat to them because they hold on to power corruptly. And if President Trump gets back in there, which which he will with a free and fair vote, uh, it's coming to an end. This system is coming to an end. And I think that is unifying for the American people. And I think it's going to ultimately be a great day for our country, even though it looks so dark right now. Well, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize how bad it got. I mean, if you're on the left and you're voting because you believe in social issues or maybe you're pro-choice or some of these different issues that define somebody who's a Democrat, I really believe that many of them have no earthly idea. They're certainly not getting it from mainstream media. They have no earthly idea how bad it's gotten, that their freedom is at risk. And if they think that the people that are in their party will look out for them when it comes time to maintain their power, they are delusional. I mean, literally living in an illusion of something. And I think that's what is so profound to me is the more we talk about it, we're reaching some people who have been so blind to it. Um, I think the, the reason they were so vicious, to your point earlier, uh, toward President Trump is he is the one who exposed it. And they had to make that narrative be he's a bad guy. So that the right. people on the left wouldn't wake up. It's like they have, they're inoculated. They're really inoculated to his ability to turn this country into what it is intended to be. And we've lost that. And he's trying to restore it. And I, I keep saying this is a time of restoration because some things are lost. The question is, can we restore them? Freedom freedom of speech, freedom of religion, you know, all these basics that define us. 
And I, I can't help but think about my mom who came to this country on a boat from Sweden in the 50s. And she came here for a promise. She came here because there was something great here that she wanted access to. I mean, if you look at these poor immigrants coming across our southern border, they've been sold a bill of goods. They've been sold that we're a great free nation. Meanwhile, they're being human trafficked and they're, you know, they're brutally treated. Some are killed by their cartels. They're not in charge of their lives and they do not have freedom. But they're coming here only to find out that this is the mess we're in. And none of us are truly free. But first of all, like you said, we don't have a free and fair vote. That brings me to the next point, which is I can't believe they dropped this indictment on the very day, not the day before, not the day after, the very day that Biden is exposed for his bribery actions for $5 million. And I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. The rest is, you know, hidden from our view yet. Not only is Biden exposed, the FBI and the Justice Department are exposed because they've been sitting on this, Jen. They've had this information for a very long time. And so that's why when they say, oh, no one is above the law. Well, actually, plenty of people are above the law as long as you're useful to the powers that be. And you're useful to the powers that be if you're controllable. And who's controllable? The most corrupt. I mean, Joe Biden would be a poster child for this corruption. But honestly, it's not just it's not really about Joe Biden. There are a million Joe Bidens, uh, just like there are a million Hillary Clintons uh, and Nancy Pelosi's, all these people who are so crooked and yet they get away with it. Why? because there's a lot of leverage there um, and they can be so easily controlled. And it's really a sick, twisted system. So this news comes out, which of course the corrupt media will not cover. And then they run with the next sham indictment. Um, It's all about propaganda, right? They're all trying to see public opinion against President Trump once again. It's not going to work. But this real corruption that's been going on for decades, uh, not just with the Bidens, but with so many others in the entire ruling class, and yet they go after the one guy who they had nothing on. They had to frame him. How many times have they tried to frame him? They've spied on him. They've thrown informants at him. They impeached him over this very fact of Joe Biden taking bribes. The idea that that should have been investigated, which clearly, yeah, it should have been investigated. And the FBI knew that because they knew this this entire time. So they are going after the one guy who's clean as a whistle, President Trump, and actually puts the country's interests first. So when they get up there with their sanctimony and their hypocrisy and talk about, oh, the rule of law and posing a risk to national security, they're talking about someone 
and President Trump, who poses a risk to their security, to their job security, their power. That's the only risk he, he poses. He's been a champion for the American people. He's secured our country. So on one, one side of the mouth, they talk all these things about our nation's secrets and our security. I mean, what could be more detrimental to our national security than what you just described on the, on the border, which they've deliberately opened and handed over to the cartels and the human traffickers? What could be more harmful to our national security than deliberately shutting us off of our own natural resources, our energy independence? What could be more harmful than marching us into World War III just so the ruling class can have another endless war, goading a nuclear power into a world war? That is pretty harmful. All of these things that they've been doing uh, since 2020 and when they corruptly uh, rigged that election, they have been doing at the detriment of the American people and only for the benefit of the ruling class. And President Trump is a threat to that. And he is the only one in in decades that actually was representing the American people in Washington. And that's what this is about. They can't have that. They cannot have that. They've gotten very used to them getting to call the shots and it all just being performative theater. Well, it's not theater with President Trump, it's the real deal. And that's why they're terrified, that's why they're so desperate, that's why they're, they're pulling out everything. I mean, this is, this is insane what they're doing. It is, it is such a mockery to the rule of law when you read these sham indictments now, the second one. It, it is so out of control, Jen, but again, the people see through it. They see that the leaders are actually hurting our country. And what are they doing? They're using all their resources. Again, the people see through it. They see that the leaders are actually hurting our country. And what are they doing? They're using all their resources to go after the one guy who helped our country, who put the country first, put us in a better position, uh, who it was always about America first. It, not about himself. And that is going to continue. He is going to continue to run no matter what they do. And he will win because the people see it and more and more are waking up to it and, and they can just see the corruption. It's being exposed for all to see. Well, what I hear in what you said is a system of corruption. It's not one human. Pelosi, Schumer, Adam Schiff. I mean, these right. people collectively. <laughs> there's so many. <laughs> there's so many, right? Uh, Republicans and Democrats, by the way. This is, oh, by this the is way. totally bipartisan. It's a uniparty system. And it, it, it is, if you are useful to the uniparty, you can do whatever you want, uh, but you'll be owned. You will be well, owned by Well, let's look them. at our own, very own, Larry Hogan. I mean, he called himself a Republican, but he sure as hell didn't act like one when the chips were down. When the chips were down and he was called upon to be the leader that God made him up to be, he chose not. He chose not to do it. 
that whole COVID thing, and there's some allegations coming out right now that as soon as I have more information, I'll be bringing it out to the public that are stunning. So when you look at that uniparty, to your point, if they have been immoral, illegal, they are owned by the uniparty because their sins are their undoing. That's their the control mechanism. Back to what you were saying, like this, this, and it's a power structure. There's a power structure. So we know that there, and I've talked many times on the show here about the RICO case. And if you look at a system of corruption and a power structure that must survive, if it doesn't survive, their lives are at stake because they've committed treason. So they will scrap it till the end. This is not going to be pretty. Because when somebody's, you know, life is at stake, they have nothing to lose. Their fight is to survive the corruption and maintain power. Because if they lose power and Trump comes back, heads are going to roll. Yeah, the the system comes to an end. It really, really will. And, I mean, that's... (laughs) That, that's their skin in the game, right? I mean, they're a part of this corrupt system, and it, it is, it, it's survival at this point because they don't want any of the real truth to come out about so much. I mean, so much, Jen. There's so much that has been hidden from uh, the people, that so much has been manipulated against President Trump and, and the American people. Um, it's just been... Uh, so many lies and, and so much propaganda. And that's all, you know, they're shielding themselves with this, but it's because they're so desperate. I mean, they really have no other choice. That's why this is, you know, not ending anytime soon. That's why they've got these other sham investigations going on at the same time. They're totally unconstitutional. I mean, everything they're doing is is outside the rule of law. They're trying to drain us of resources. They've harassed our entire campaign, the staff. Uh, It it is truly despicable what they're doing to President Trump and also his aide who was indicted as well. It is so disgusting, Jen. It is absolutely appalling. And especially when you know the true (laughs) real facts, which the people will hear all the true facts and they're not going to win. They will not but the, win. But the cost is is still there. There's still a cost, even when he wins and prevails, like he has in every other case. Like he said, I'm innocent. Even when he prevails, the cost on this country is enormous. They are dividing us. They are splitting us. They are splintering us. All for what? To maintain the power structure over us. In the last couple minutes that we're together, I think it's important for us to maybe take a 30,000 foot view on federal government and look at these agencies and say, do we really need them? Has government gotten too big for its britches? You know, we talk about the notion of small government versus large government, the FBI that is out of control, the IRS that kind of started things. Uh, I think there have been issues with the SEC. You look at the Federal Communications Commission. I mean, 
what issues are there that they're tolerating some of the things that are going on in misinformation and blocking of information and striking down our First Amendment rights to free speech. So when you look at all of these federal governments, the Board of Education is not even in the Constitution, but yet they have so much power and dominion over us. I believe that this federal government could be chopped in half and we would be better off. What do you think? It's amazing because the founders and the way our system was set up they knew how corrupt human nature is. They, they knew that, and they were so weary of that. So they devised a, a brilliant system that had checks on that. How? By putting the most power at the local level, the people that were closest to the people, right? And this is what we've gotten so far away from. Everything's been centralized. And I just saw this uh, video of a testimony all the way back from after wake up and this uh, law enforcement official was warning about and you know, he loved law enforcement, but he was warning about the nature of federalizing everything and making everything a federal offense and giving everything over to the FBI. He was warning about that because you don't have accountability. The further you get away from the closeness of the people at the local level, there's always someone to pass the buck to. There's always ways to move corrupt officials around, <laughs> like this prosecutor who's leading this sham documents hoax case. And Cash Patel exposed this woman as she should have been sanctioned by court when she was an attorney in a U.S. attorney in Florida, and yet she resigned. And where does she end up? At the Justice Department. And she fails up, and now she's running a corrupt investigation trying to jail uh, the president of the United States and leading candidate in all the polls to be the president again. Talk so, about a chip on your shoulder. I mean, seriously. <laughs> but, so, but the larger point is, this is the problem. And what that guy said in that testimony all those years ago is coming true. We've centralized everything because, and it's insulated them away from the people. And that is the big problem. And in many ways, we've kind of let them. We've, you know, we've got busy lives. We it was just easier. Want to do, it's easy. You know, it, we saw it during COVID, right? You know, all the small businesses shut down, but the big stores stayed, you know, it, oh, it's convenient. Amazon's convenient. All these different things. Oh, it's it's easy. Well, in that process, we're losing our freedom and our civil liberties. And we have to get control of that back. And it really does start getting control of your local governments, the, the local school boards, all of these things. It's gotten so far removed from where what it was intended to be, this entire you know, Leviathan, this this monstrous government <laughs> that is taking so much control and they're going to take more unless there's accountability. And so it's President Trump. It's he's been this unique person, this amazing leader who's been willing to put himself in, out and and open himself up to all these slings and arrows for the people. But the people have to do their part on every single local level. I mean, myself included, all of us. I mean, 
What are a couple of things, Liz, you recommend? We just got another minute or two. So what are a couple of things you would like to see people do to really step in and step up in the process? I think it's it starts with just showing up. It starts with finding, you know, what is the issue that drives you? What is what is most important? Is it your you know your kids with education? Start going to the school board meetings. Is it, you know, our elections? Start going to the board of elections meetings. Find find out what's going on. You know, just showing up because a lot of these meetings they go on and nobody's even there. So nobody, you see, you read about it later and you say. Did we get a vote on this? And if it's zoning, I mean, we're dealing with it in Frederick County, right? I mean, it's just so out of control, but we've kind of ceded this authority and nobody shows up to these meetings. So that's like a simple thing. I know it's a lot, though, honestly, because everyone has busy lives. They work hard. They just want to be left alone. And I feel that tendency so much, believe me. But we really have to start taking back control. We've let, almost in a sense, let this happen because we've ceded the power away. And the people who've grabbed a hold of the power do not want to let it go. And so President Trump at the national level, he's going to lead the charge. But he's, I think, been so inspiring to all of us that at the state level, the county level, the local level, we can restore this great country. That's what you talked about, restoration. It really is about restoring our republic and back to what its intended purpose. And that's something that we can all do. We all have different talents. We all have different gifts from God. And you just have to kind of figure out, well, what, sh- what do I need to do? Be willing and the opportunity will come. And I think with that mindset of, of great patriots just wanting to do the right thing and hating this injustice, and wanting to restore our republic, it will happen. I love what you're saying, and it just inspired me to a thought. You know, we talk about tithing. How important is it that we give 10%? The Bible says to do that, right? But what if we took the approach that a percentage of our time we give to being of service to our nation in the way that we can? Like, I can't too old, too out of shape to go into the military. <laughs> but, you know, that's somebody else's gift. But I can do what I'm doing here, trying to bring my voice and trying to open up the dialogue and bring information. Thank you, Liz, really, for being here today and making yourself available. Our hearts and prayers are with President Trump and his family and all the people around him, including yourself, who are serving him. And by serving him, you're serving us to try and restore our nation. And I just thank you so much for your time today. It's been great to have you back here and give our best to the president. I will. Thanks so much, Jen. All right. God bless. All right, everybody, you're listening to the Jen Charlton show. Share the shows with people around you so that we can spread the information and inspire others to pick up the banner and stand up for restoring our nation to what it's intended, a free and fair republic. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Saturday morning right here on WFMD. When was the last time you had fresh homemade ice cream? 
Sweeties on the Creek is making ice cream. Stop in and taste our fresh-made selections, including dairy-free and all-natural flavors. Enjoy a fresh cup of coffee with a creamy shaker sundae. Taste a new fun flavor or an old yummy favorite. Sweeties, fresh made from cow to cone. Sweeties on the Creek, just up from Market Street. We're scooping now. This is Jen inviting you to follow us on several different social media platforms. Our new The Jen Charlton Show Rumble channel. That's The Jen Charlton Show on Rumble. Wherever you get your podcasts, make sure to rate us, five-star rating, like us, because you do, and share it with all your friends so that other people can have access to this important information. And also remember to download the WFMD app. It's there for you to listen to us every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, wherever you are on this great globe. We look forward to having you with us right here on WFMD.